What's the deal? What's the deal? We back. This your boy Gabe, Weapons of War Podcast. How y'all doing? It's been a minute. As always, you could have been anywhere, but you chose to be here with me today. So welcome back. And we're going to jump right back into it. Gone like we never left. Don't hate the hate. And I know that sounds kind of funny because you can't think of a reason not to hate hate. (laughs) But I'm here to tell you, don't hate the hate. And when I say that, I don't want you to think I'm talking about malicious hate, racism, you know, I don't like you, malicious type of hate. What I'm speaking about is the hate when you say somebody hating on me, when somebody bringing up things about you and you just don't think that they're in the right spirit and things like that. I'm saying don't hate the hate because honestly, if you want to be truthful to yourself, a lot of times what we call hate is really not hate. It's people being brutally honest, and we just aren't in a space to receive it in a constructive manner. Now, that doesn't mean that the people who are saying it aren't saying it from a malicious standpoint. But what I want us to do is begin to say, hey, is it anything that I'm doing that's causing someone to say something like this about me? And if it is, you need to receive it, repent, and then change your ways. If it's not, and they are literally just being malicious and hating, then you don't worry about it. Because if your character is upstanding, it doesn't matter what people say about you, your character will be able to carry you past any type of hate. And before we go any further, (laughs) I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Mr. Michael. I saw him the other day and we were speaking and out of the blue, he just came in and said, man, I don't know what happened with your podcast because the last time in November, you said that you wouldn't leave us for so long. <laughs> and immediately that hit me and I was like, Ugh. and I couldn't say anything. That's that's a big thing about not hating the hate. I had to take it and be accountable because I can't be sitting up here speaking to you all about being accountable to your word while I'm doing the exact opposite and not being accountable to my word. So I don't want you all to think that I just had this moment of clarity where I just said, you know, hey, I need to do this. No, I was held accountable in the same way I say that we all need to be accountable. So I want to give a shout out to you, Mr. Michael. Thank you. Thank you for the nudge. (laughs) I receive it and we are back. As a matter of fact, I want you all, if you're listening, if you all ever have anything to say, feel free to reach out because, you know, it's things out there that you want to talk about that I might not necessarily be privy to. So (laughs) I want you all to tell me, hey, this is what it is. And if you want to, you can leave messages on the Anchor website and that's anchor.fm. A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M forward slash weapons of war. And when you do that, you can leave messages. You can tell me how you feel. You can tell me what you like, what you don't like. And you could also give me show topics. It's a email address you can reach me at too. It's wow, W-O-W pod, P-O-D, the number one at gmail.com. That's wildpod1 at gmail.com. You can hit me up with anything you like and you know, we could get back to you on that. 
So don't hate the hate. Here we are in 2021. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're going through right now. But I hope that when you came into the new year, you came into this new year with new goals, realistic goals. You came in looking really hard at yourself and what you are doing because I want us to start focusing on the internal versus the external because external things, while they affect you, we should only allow them to affect us to a certain degree because there are some external forces that you know, you don't control. However, the one thing that you can control is yourself. And I'm not sure which uh, show I said this on, but I must repeat it again. I understand that we've all gone through things. We've all had our downs in life. You may not have had the right home structure. Your father, your mother might not have been the best for you. You may have had things happen to you throughout your life. And I don't want to negate the fact that those things happen to you and they may have negatively affected you in one way or another. However, what I am going to say is if these things happen years and years and years and years ago in your past, it's time for us to get over these things, especially us as Christians. If we are truly going to, you know, walk out where we confess, we have to know that, okay, if we give these things to God, he will take care of us. And not only that, we have to look at the fact that we made it through these things. It's many people who've gone through the exact same things that we've gone through and they didn't make it out or they're still in it. And the way they're taking it is far worse than it was when we went through it. So look at that and say, okay, I survived this for a reason. Not necessarily survive. I overcame this for a reason. So what I came through, what I overcame, take that as your ministry, take that testimony as a tool to help deliver people who are still in it instead of just moping and being the victim. Because the victim card, while it has a good payoff where everybody feels sorry for you, everybody's like, oh, I can't believe you went through that. No, instead of showing up as a victim, show up as a victor, show up as a person who overcame it and let the same people who would have coddled you in your victimhood look at you and be like, oh my God, you went through all that and through the midst of all of that, you still came out and accomplished X, Y, Z. That is how you want to show up, show up because that payoff is so much greater than the payoff of being a victim. But let's jump back into don't hate the hate. Again, this is something that only, only, only real, authentic people can do. And I don't throw around real and authentic the way a lot of people do, because nowadays everybody real, everybody woke, (laughs) everybody keeping it 100 and all that. And I would beg to disagree, beg to differ, because a lot of people are exactly the opposite. They say they 100. They say they real but they can't take criticism and hate turns them into, you know, the exact opposite of what they portray themselves to be. If we cannot accept the fact that there are people in this world who don't like us, there are people in this world who may have malicious, you know, intent against us, then we really can't be real because we have to acknowledge that. The one thing my mom told me when I was growing up was, Gabe, everybody you like, does not like you. 
<laughs> and when she told me that originally, I was like, whoa, you know, uh, mom, you know, that doesn't sound like something you want to hear from your mother. But now that I think about it, I have to realize it was true. As much as, you know, you may like people to like you, you have to realize that everyone does not like you. And that's okay because according to your purpose, according to what God has placed in you, you are assigned to a certain sect of people. In the same way, when Jesus walked the earth, everybody didn't like him. The Pharisees, the Sadducees and others said all types of malicious things about him to him. Yet and still, he knew who he was. He knew what his purpose was while he was on the earth. So he didn't allow the things that the people said or did to affect him. He was one with his purpose unto death. So my question to you is, I'm pretty sure first, your purpose is not a unto death. Like God didn't, I don't believe God put you on the path that is going to lead you to a cross or anything like that in the literal sense. However, are you one with what God has placed in your heart? Are you one with yourself? Are you accepting of the your shortcomings? Are you accepting of the things you don't have? Are you accepting of the fact that there are people who are going to oppose you and say things about you in the same way they said things about Jesus? Because if you are, you will realize that, you know what? It doesn't pay to hate the hate. Because when you hate the hate, you show up in a way that's nine times out of ten beneath who you really are. And that really just adds fuel to the fire because people who throw out hate, they're doing that a lot of times because they don't know who they are. And then they're trying to get a rise out of you because if you react in a way that goes against how you carry yourself or how you profess yourself to be, that's basically helping out what they say. It's proving their point. Because let's say this, let's say <laughs> when the Pharisees and Sadducees were coming against Jesus and they were saying all these things about, hold on, matter of fact, let's take it back. Let's take it back to right after Jesus was baptized and he was taken into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And one of the times that he was tempted or Satan said whatever to him that he adhered to that immediately. Everything he stood for and who he was would have been of no effect. Basically, we'd all went to hell. But, you know, it would have proven the point of what Satan was doing or saying. And if we walk and hate the hate and show up in a way that's beneath our character and our purpose, then all we're doing is proving the point of the hater. And you don't want to do that because if you show up in a way of meekness that says, you know what, I'm comfortable in who I am. I know that there are things that I can do to retaliate. Though I'm not, I'm going to take on the mind of Christ and I'm going to go back to the last podcast and see what Jesus would do or see what he did in these exact same situations. It's going to confuse the person who is hating on you because most people are wired to know that they're going or to expect a reaction when they show up in a certain way. So when they show up hating, they say, oh, I know he's he or she is going to do X, Y, Z. And when you don't do that, 
it catches them off guard. A lot of times we tend to think, oh, you let them punk you or you let them get you or you ain't nothing, you sorry, you scared. When in actuality, that's the exact opposite. It's not the fact that you allowing somebody to punk you, you're scared or anything like that. It's the fact that you realize that some things do not require <laughs> your attention. And when it comes to people hating or saying things like that, outside of the fact of you just need to listen to it and make sure that there's nothing in you that's causing this type of thing to be said about you, that's the extent of the attention that you need to give it. Because as soon as you don't react, all the eyes that this person had on them are going to turn to you and see what you're going to do. And once you drop some wisdom or a lot of Holy Spirit to tell you what to say, what to do in that given moment, it's going to catch them off guard. And again, when they don't understand it, they may start going in harder because they thinking they're thinking that they have the upper hand on you. But when you continue to just show up in love, eventually the things that they're saying, it'll die out and they'll realize that, oh, you know, this this guy is different. This woman is different. And that may in turn open up something for you to be able to minister to them. And while I'm saying this so easily, I can't say that this is just the easiest thing to do. I can't say that this is just a perfect thing that you're going to always do. What I am saying is if we purpose in our mind to begin to live and walk out the things we profess, if we profess Christianity, if we profess that we're kingdom people and all the things that the Bible says about us, the Bible also says don't just be hearers of the word, but also be doers of the word. So our walk and our confession have to be in lockstep. So we have to learn to subdue those fleshly desires to go off. Because sometimes I understand people say stuff to you and you just want to throw the Bible in, the, you know, to the left and just go off. What I'm saying is we have to get to the space to where we are not bothered by what people say, by what people do. Because the key to this is quieting our minds, getting into that space and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And not letting the Holy Spirit speak to you because the Holy Spirit is always speaking to you. But put your mind in a space to where you're asking God to tune your ears, your mind, your heart to the vibration, to the frequency of the Holy Spirit to where you always hear him when he's speaking to you because he's not going to raise his voice and overpower your own natural voice, overpower the enemy, overpower the little boy or the little girl that's constantly speaking to you. You have the purpose in yourself to say, this is what I want. This is what I'm actively seeking to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me and to speak through me. And when you do that, you'll notice you'll begin to see things differently. You'll be getting in the word and the word will begin to unlock to you more and you will begin to transform, so to speak. Because however old you are now, the experiences of our lives, we have caused, not caused, we have allowed them to shape us. All the hate throughout the years, all the experiences, we've allowed them to shape the things we do, our thoughts, our habits, our patterns. Most of them, if not all of them, are all birthed from our life. We're products of our environment. We should not be products of our environment. 
we should be products of our confession. What you confess is who you are. So regardless of where you grew up, what type of family you grew up, what type of hate people spewed about you, you are a product of your confession. So if people tell you you ain't going to be nothing but a sorry so-and-so and you confess that and believe in your heart that, that is who you're going to be. If somebody professes to you or says that you're always going to be broke, you're never going to make it, you're sorry, you ain't nothing, you're ugly, you're dumb, you're stupid, you're fat, whatever it is people are saying about you, if you take that and make that yourself, your personal confession, and you might not say that literally from your mouth, but if you confess it in your mind, if you confess it inside of you and you take hold of that, then that is going to be who you are. That's in the same way you think about it. To have Jesus Christ be your Lord and Savior, the Bible tells you if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died, you know, and rose again on the third day for the remission of our sins, then you'll be saved because it's about that confession that you take hold of. Confession is a powerful thing. So if we allow those things that were said to us throughout our environment and things like that to become our personal confession, then that's going to be who we are. And in that also is accountability, because at that point now, we can no longer blame other people. You can't blame your father. You can't blame your mother, your brother, your sister, your, the offender, the attacker, the rapist. You, you can no longer blame them because what they said to you or what they did to you was something that they did in the moment. Even if it was something that happened daily, it was something that happened in the moment. It's not until we latch onto it and hold on to that and make that our daily confession. We take that as our daily weight in life that it becomes who we are and we begin to be guarded and we begin to allow ourselves to enter into spaces that we would normally enter in because we've allowed ourselves to become products of our environments or products of our experience instead of being products of our confession. Once you take on the mind of Christ, once you take on the heart of Christ, once you take on all of those things that come with being a Christian, that in itself should shift who you are. It should take away those things that we carry with us. That's why in the Bible, Jesus always says that, you know, lay your weights with me, take on my yoke because my yoke is easy. My yoke is light, which means he's saying those things that we are carrying with us, all the hate that's been spewed on us, don't hate the hate anymore. Drop it down here with me. I'll deal with that and take on the weight of Christ, take on the love of Christ, take on the mind of Christ, take on the yoke of Christ because his yoke is light and his yoke is easy. And once we do that, then we will be able to live fruitful kingdom lives because beyond popular belief, it is okay to have things in the natural. Jesus not only wants us to be saved and be with him in eternity, he wants us to live prosperous lives here on earth. I'm not here to say that everything is about prosperity. What I'm here to say is that is part of it. It's not just about being saved and being broke for the rest of your life and not having anything. Now, if that's your choice, if that's what you choose to do, then so be it. I'm not here to tell you that you're wrong because that's your confession and that's what you choose to do. What I'm here to say is 
to those people who say, you don't need this. You don't need all that. It's not about all that. It's not about all this. I'm here to tell you that it's part of it. The Bible says that he'll bless you according to his riches and glory. It's cattle on a thousand hills. You know, all the gold, all the riches belong to Jesus, belong to God. And that these are things that he blesses his children with. Now, if you don't want any of that, if you're just comfortable in your space and you're saying that, you know, Jesus is enough. And I'm not saying that he isn't, that you just don't want anything. You know, I don't, I don't need all that. Great. That is fine. I'm just letting you say, just here to tell you that it is okay <laughs> to live a blessed life on earth and also be a Christian. Don't be fooled when they say, oh, the Bible say that rich people can't go to heaven. The Bible does not say that. It says that it is harder for a camel, for a rich man to get into heaven just as it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. That says harder. Does not say impossible. Nowhere does it say rich people going to hell. Nowhere does it say <laughs> rich people can't make it into heaven. Because if that were true, many of the Christians who we read about would not go to heaven in the Bible because they were prosperous. We are seeds of Abraham. Abraham was very wealthy. And if wealthy people couldn't make it to heaven, then I don't know what to say. You know, but if that's your conviction... If that's your confession, then so be it. I'm not here to judge you or tell you that, hey, that's not what you want. Because if that's what you want, go right ahead. I am choosing to make my confession that I have received Christ as my Lord and Savior. I am following the footsteps of Christ. And also in my natural life, along with spiritual prosperity, I also want to experience natural prosperity. And that's just where I am. But again, that's me. And back to not hating the hate, <laughs> you have to realize, what did Jesus say? In John chapter 15, verse 18, I believe it says, let me get to it. If the world hates you, this is Jesus speaking. If the world hates you and it does, Know that it has hated me before it hated you. And that's the amplified version. So you have to think about it. Jesus had haters before anybody had haters. So if Jesus, Jesus is saying, if they hated me, rest assured, they're going to hate you. And in the same way, he turned the other cheek in the same way he didn't go off or just call legions of angels to retaliate in the moment, jump off the cross and just go full on annihilation mode in the same way he did not do that, but he's operated in love and meekness. That is the same way we should show up. Turning the other cheek is not the popular thing to do. I can't say that I'm always prepared to turn the other cheek. And I don't want to say that that's what I'm going to do in every instance. What I will say is I pray that should anything ever come my way, I experience any hate in my life that I allow the Holy Spirit to take over and I don't act out of the flesh. Because in any given moment, anything could happen. And I don't want to be so prideful or caught up in saying that, you know, I'm just this holier than thou art person, you know, 
Jesus is just, I take him with me everywhere and that I, I never mess up. I do take Jesus with me everywhere. However, I'm still a human being, still experiencing progressive sanctification, which means that God is working on me every day. Paul said that we have to die daily. And just by him saying that, that lets us know that, okay, confession and accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior is only the beginning. It's a progressive thing that's happening that we're being sanctified daily and daily and daily every day until we leave this earth and get to, you know, be with Jesus in heaven. So do not think that you are that one person who once you confessed Christ that you just got it all and that, you know, nothing's ever going to go wrong in your life. Please don't be that prideful person. And if you are that prideful person, repent. This is not me hating on you. I don't want you to say he's talking about hating. He is hating on me. He doesn't know me. No, I'm being real. The real thing to say is no one is perfect. No perfect person will ever walk this earth after Jesus. So realize that and allow the Holy Spirit to work a work in you daily because we need daily bread. It says, give us this day our daily bread. So every day you want to combat the hate that people throw at you daily. You want to be in a space where you don't hate the hate. Every day you wake up, seek God, seek the Holy Spirit and see what the daily bread is. Get that, not debrief, in brief. Get that daily in brief so you'll know what the Holy Spirit has on the agenda. We don't check in. That's why we allow ourselves to get touched or moved when people are hating on us because we didn't get the tools that we needed for the day. We just wake up, you check your Facebook, you check your Instagram, your social media, you may turn on CNN, you may be a Fox News person, you may be a Twitter follower, you know, you jump on, binge watch a show before work, get up, want to head straight to the gym, you want to get caught up in all the things, the mundane things of life. And I'm not saying that all those things are just innately bad. What I'm saying is we do that before we even check in with Jesus. Or we might not check in with God at all. And we might just jump into those things and <laughs> just leave Holy Spirit, leave the Holy Spirit as a emergency thing, like breaking case of emergency. Most people, a lot of people's Bible is behind glass, you know, on the dashboard of your car, in the back seat of your car, sitting on the table, being displayed. We got 52 Bibles in five bedrooms. We got the Bible app. We got the shirt that say, not today, Satan. And we don't know what's in the Bible at all, other than uh, for, for God so love the world. I'm telling you now, you need to open the word because... The daily, your daily bread lines up with the word of God. God will give you a scripture. God will never say anything that goes against his word. And if you don't know what his word is, that's why we're led astray by every thought, by every wind of doctrine, because we are not grounded in the doctrine of Christ. So you want to wonder why you don't know which way is up. That's because you don't have the root of the word within you. And if you don't have the root, the root of the word, well, if you don't have the word rooted in you, then you're liable to do anything. You're liable to say anything. 
So let me find something. Had to go to a scripture. I was gonna say I know it's a scripture that that I'm looking for, and here it is. This is in Psalms one nineteen eleven. It says, "Your word have I treasured and stored in my heart that I may not sin against you." The way for you to stay rooted and know what you are supposed to do, what you are not supposed to do, is to have the word be your treasure. Have it stored in your heart. The New King James Version says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That means I read the word, I digest the word, I take it and I plant it in my heart that it takes root and it begins to grow a harvest. And by that harvest, I plan my day. I plan my thoughts. I filter everything. So when people come with the hate, I'm able, I'm spiritually mature to say, you know what? It might be something in me that caused that response or, yeah, I don't do that and show up in love. And then you're not hating the hater. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to that person to be able to see them as God sees them. And in that moment, you may also receive a word. And in that moment, that word that you receive, that you speak and release into that person could be something, could be, well, not something, but could be the breakthrough that they've been waiting for. But if you don't allow, if we don't allow the word of God to be hidden, to be our treasure, to be stored in our heart, then we're going to miss that moment to show up as Christ. We're going to take on that temporary Peter spirit and deny <laughs> that we know Jesus. All these moments that come with us, come to us as hate are moments where the enemy, where Satan is saying, you don't know Jesus. You that person who's supposed to be with Jesus. Show up as Jesus now. That's what he's saying. When hate comes our way, that's basically Satan saying, huh, I bet you won't show up as Christ when he say this. I bet you won't show up as Christ when she does this. And when you don't, you're basically giving him kudos. You're having him, you're giving him success in that moment. And you don't want to do that. And again, I don't want you to feel condemned if you've fallen because no one's perfect. I've not shown up as Christ in certain situations and more than likely I will throughout the course of my life. What I'm saying is when you get into that space where you are conscious of it and conviction sets in, the Holy Spirit will let you know that, hey, that wasn't the right thing to do. You could repent and then you can make up for that. You can go back and right your wrong. But when you don't allow yourself to do that, you'll continue to go off. Your pride will put you in that position to say, you know, oh, I don't have to repent. I don't have to do this. I wasn't wrong. They shouldn't have said what they said. Or, yeah, I know I was wrong, but if they wouldn't have said what they said, I wouldn't have said what I said. We are not reactionary. We respond in a Christ-like manner. Reacting is to say, I didn't think about it. They pushed that button. And whatever came out when my mouth opened is what came out. Responding is saying, hmm, I took a moment to step back and allow God to give me a mouth, allow the Holy Spirit to give me the words to say at that specific moment that would cause 
the confrontation to go down. The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. A lot of times we don't want to get that soft answer. <laughs> and something way unsoft <laughs> comes out of our mouth, you know. And again, I want you to know, I do not want anyone to feel condemned when they get into that moment. What I want you to do is say, okay, God, Holy Spirit, I hear you. I was wrong. I repent. And then you go forth in love. If you said something in the moment that was wrong after you repent and the Holy Spirit deals with you, go back to that person and make up for what you said. Apologize. Repent to that person. And they may not even want to hear it. They might not like it. They may see it as weakness. But the thing about it is you are not trying to appease them. You are not apologizing. You are not repenting to them to make them feel better per se. You're doing that because you know you're accountable to Christ. And that is the Christ-like thing to do. And by restoring that, you free yourself from the wrath of God. You free yourself from condemnation. And that person who you're repenting to might not admit it, but something in them may begin to transform also because they might have come up in a situation where they're still products of their environment or products of their experiences. And they have never seen anybody have a healthy relationship. They've never seen a healthy argument. They've never seen anybody offer apologies or repentance to anyone. So they might not know what it is to do that. And because you stepped out in a space of Christianity as a Christ-like person and did something to them that was new and introduced them to something else, that may be that open door for the Holy Spirit to nab them because now they're like, oh, he apologized. He, what? I, I don't even understand that. They may come back to you and say, hey, I've never, why did you apologize why did you repent? I said this to you. I did this to you. I don't, I don't get it. And at that moment, that's the open door for you to introduce them to the same Christ that was introduced to you that allowed you to show up in the way you did. So don't hate the hate because I don't want to justify anything anybody does, but I will say everyone has a reason, right or wrong, for the things that they do. No one is innately bad. Everyone is walking out what they feel either is the right thing. They don't have any choices. They don't know any better. And again, not justifying any of it, but everyone is doing what they are doing for a reason. And most of the times it's to, you know, supposedly protect themselves from being hurt or done wrong because they've never seen healthy human <laughs> interaction. They believe people always have ulterior motives or they're disloyal or they're really just out to get you. But truth be told is they just don't know any better. So you could be that person to show them something new, to show them a better way. But <laughs> we have to know what Jesus would do. And we also have to not be so angry and not hate the hate and just understand that the world is filled with broken people who have broken ideals, who have broken actions, leading broken lives. And we were once with those people. 
We were once that person. There are still some things in our lives that's broken that we're giving to God and we're being rebuilt daily. Give that gift that someone gave you. Someone was praying for you. We were the hater (laughs) at one point, but someone was praying for us. Someone showed up in a way that was different than every other person that we've come across. Someone said something to us that opened up the door for the Holy Spirit, for Jesus Christ to be preached to us. Let us stop being selfish. Let us stop being carnal. Let us stop walking in a victimhood. Let us stop making excuses and let us truly say, okay, God, use me. I have not been the man. I have not been the woman who I profess to be. I'm a hypocrite. Everything that I say, I don't walk out. My faith is weak. I'm struggling in this area. I did this. Oh, wretched man. Oh, wretched woman that I am. And repent. And once we do that, God will open us up. His love will wash over us. And we could begin to be a light because if we do not do that, the one person we cannot fool, the one person we cannot finesse is God. Regardless of how we put on for the people in our house, regardless of how we put on for the people in the world, when it's all said and done, we have to stand before God who knows all and sees all. And he's either going to tell you, get away from me. I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. Or he's going to tell you, well done, my good and faithful servant. The question is, which one of those do you want to be? Because in that moment, it's going to be too late to make up things and say, well, oh, I thought this or I thought that. No, you knew what you were doing in the moment. I knew what I was doing in the moment. So right now, I am asking you, What are you going to do? The Bible says, choose today. Choose today. My purpose is tied up in manhood. So men, I implore you to really, really take this because you are called to be the head of a household. You are called to be a leader in your home and in your community. So a lot of things will start and end with you. While everyone you're assigned, who's assigned to you has to make their own decisions, when they come to you, what seed are you going to plant in them? How are you going to show up? Don't give me that trash about I'm not a role model or somebody you're supposed to take care of your own kids and that's not my responsibility. That is a lie. You are a role model. What people see you doing, you are accountable to the seed that you are sowing in everyone you come across. When you show up and you allow yourself to be moved by the hate of the world, the seed that you are sowing, you are responsible for that seed. You will be held accountable for how you show up for your profession, especially If you profess yourself as a kingdom citizen, if you profess yourself to be a son of God, then God is going to judge you harshly because you are professing to know him. And when you profess to know him and deliberately live a lifestyle that goes against what the word speaks, you are spitting in the face of God and you are representing him incorrectly. And that is not cool. 
I can say that because I used to be that person. I was that person who misrepresented my witness and the Holy Spirit convicted me and I had to repent of that. So I don't want you to think that I'm just saying this going off on you and not speaking to myself first because I can say these things because I understand and I do not want anyone to have to stand before God and explain to them why they misrepresented him. I don't want that. It's time for men to rise up. It's time for you to shed the shed that weight of you ain't gonna be nothing like you just like your sorry daddy. You ain't gonna count to nothing amount to nothing. You ain't this, you ain't that. You da 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 da. Don't hate the hate. You know what your purpose is, you know whose you are, you know what you've done. If you have not repented, repent and shake that off. It is no more, it is no more time to use excuses. It's no more time to be products of your environment or your experiences. Receive Christ. Be washed in the blood. Let your mind be renewed. Let your heart be renewed. Let the word be hidden in your heart. Do not sin against God. Receive Him and walk in the fullness of Him. And your life will change. And not only will your life change, you will begin to change other people's life by the way you walk out yours. We go through all these other things. We trust ourselves way too much. We think we got it. And we say we don't want to trust anybody else. But you can't trust yourself either. Because if you were so trustworthy, you wouldn't be in the situations you were in. I wouldn't have been in a bunch of the situations I was in if I was just so trustworthy. But we continue to (laughs) divert this antitrust against external people. But you put yourself, I put myself in all these situations. I allowed the hate and the things that people said about me to affect me. I allowed the experiences in my life to take me off of my walk with Christ. I did that. No one can make me do anything. So we have to stop that. On one hand, we say, man, I'm grown and can't nobody make me do anything. I, I, you know, I do what I do. But in that same breath, we blame everybody else and everything else for the decisions we made, for the words we spoke, for the actions we have. You either say that people can control you or people can't control you. You can't have it both ways. So don't hate the hate. Allow people to be them. Understand that in the same way, You didn't have it all together in the same way you used to be a hater. You used to be the judgmental person. You used to be the critical person. I used to be this and I used to be that in the same way that we were all of those things before the Holy Spirit pricked our heart and we opened ourselves up and received Jesus the same way we were like that. There are people who haven't reached the level where we are. There are people who are still caught in their sin nature. And until the Holy Spirit awakens them and opens their eyes, they're in the same place we were. So we literally have no space to judge. It's not, oh, I'm saved now. So I look down on everybody who doing the stuff that I was just doing yesterday before I got saved. Or you're saved and it's something that you're still struggling with. That's why it's progressive sanctification. So that means that even though I'm saved, I still struggle in some areas. And if you struggle in any area, you have no room to look down on anyone. You have no room to be harsh or critical of 
anyone because God is still working on you daily. So again, bless those who curse you. Love them. Turn the other cheek. Don't hate the hate. Love. I believe it was Martin Luther King who said, hate don't drive out hate. Only love does that. Granted, he was talking about literal hate, racial hate, you know, but, you know, but to say what I was saying, you know, any kind of hate, don't hate it because the only way to overcome that is through love. So I'm going to end it with this. Repent. Look at yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you exactly who you are. Not in a condemnation space, but in a space for you to actually see those things that you struggle with. And when you see those things, when you, when the Holy Spirit reveals those things to you that you struggle with, receive it in a space of instruction to know, okay, these are the things that I struggle with. Repent. Ask God for strength to overcome these things. Ask God for the strength to not succumb to these things. And then, if there are, if these things have affected other people in any type of way, if you can repent to them and apologize to them, do so. Then ask God what your purpose is. Seek him daily about who he is and he will show you who you are and you will begin to move in that arena. God will begin to open your eyes and mentors will come. We all need a mentor. Mentors will come. Spiritual parents will come who will be able to shape and mold you in the way of Christ because as good as a relationship as you may have with Jesus, good as a relationship as you may think you have with the Holy Spirit and God, you still need actual people on earth to help you on your walk. That's just the way it is. You know, so... (laughs) God didn't give us all these apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and preachers, and things like that for us just to say, I don't need any of them. Paul didn't say we have many teachers, but not many fathers, many spiritual fathers for us not to need them. So please don't be that person who thinks you don't need anybody because everyone needs someone. The whole idea of the Trinity lets us know that we need people. So... Do that. If you are unsure about Jesus, give him a try from a pure space. Don't give him a try to say, you know, I don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to believe in this Jesus fellow. No, give him a try. Tell him that I don't really know. You know, I don't don't really know about this, but Jesus, I'm going to give you a shot. And if you just say this, Lord, I'm a sinner. I welcome you into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I want to be the man that you created me to be. I want to be the woman you created me to be. I open my heart. If you just say that from a pure space, God will enter into your heart and he will begin to open those doors and take you to the space to where you won't hate the hate. You will be so filled with the love of God that <laughs> that you won't know what to do. That you won't have a choice but to go shout it from the rooftops. So let's do that. Let's stop hating the hate. Again, I want to hear what you all have to say. 
Hit me up on the email. That's wildwowpod, the number one, at gmail.com. Wildpod1. This your boy Gabe. Until next time. Peace.